Hey, queenies and in-betweenies, sooner or later I'm going to run out of these little puns and when that happens, I'll face it alone. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm the hoser and he's the teabag. Once a week we gather electronically to discuss a random song from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable, Seaside Pod Review. Give us a kiss, Kevy. I'm not giving you a kiss. But yeah, right. we, well, we should we should talk about Queen, Randy. That's what we should do. Okay. Should we do that now? Should we talk about Queen now? Like when? Like like right now? I think actually, I think actually, we're already talking about Queen now. So I think we've actually started the podcast. So what you're trying to say is we're actually fucking podcasting right now, and we're I was podcasting. We are podcasting right now, and people. And the weird thing is that some people are actually going to listen to this bullshit. <laughs> Well, For reasons best known to themselves, um, yeah, that's, now that you know, is the per- the perplexing part now, isn't it? It is. Um, but this is, I mean, it's exciting today. I don't know if you know this because no, you don't know this because I haven't told you. This is season two. We're starting season two today, Randy. How is that possible, Kevin? Well, because I decided arbitrarily that we're going to be that ten episodes is going to be one season, and I didn't pass that information along to you in any way, written or verbal. So well, I thought I'd spring that, that on you would... at the start of the podcast. It's interesting that you would do that. You know, I kind of thought we were 50-50 partners on this, and all of a sudden, the next thing I know, we're into season two, and nobody even cleared it with me. Well, I got one more surprise for you as well. In season two, I'm introducing mm-hmm. something. So I want you to give me, right now, without thinking, a number between one and ten. Okay. Okay. you got to tell me, though. I can't, I'm, not, I'm not a mind reader, you know? Oh, like, so you want me to, like, should I email it to you, or, like... No, tell me. Tell me now words? in words. Tell me, tell me in words. Ten? Okay, episode 10 of season two, we're going to spin a second wheel. We're going to spin the wheel with all the B-sides, previously unreleased stuff, and then some of the stuff that was kind of released later on. So that's gonna, where we're going to do one of those sort of deep divey episodes. And some of those songs I won't really know all that well either, so it'll be fun. Cool. So there, you heard it here, you heard it here first, folks. Episode 10 of season two is going to be not from the uh, regular studio album. Normal. Castle wheel okay yeah. all right well that's uh that'll be interesting and that will be fun um i don't know if you heard the news today too there's been a bit of queen news today randy as we're recording and what's that kev well uh dr brian may is now dr sir brian may as he was knighted oh. in the new year's honors list you i are think it was today me. at least anyway you are kidding me well that's pretty cool eh, i don't know i'm not a monarchist i think the whole i don't know like it's a, it's a remnant of the colonial past, so I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. And there's kind of it's a bit silly, really, giving rock stars knighthoods. I don't know, mate. I don't know. Yeah, but if someone <laughs> offered one to me, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get anything with it. You just get a little medal. No, but you know, it's just a recognition. Hey, I think that'd be pretty I cool. So. I mean, I suppose so. Uh, you know, maybe there's more interest for that royal watching stuff on this side i don't i don't know i mean because i don't really follow it so yeah but i mean i i'm not sure if you're aware but uh uh there's one of the younger sons i think his name is harry or something been really making a lot of waves lately (laughs) yeah yeah it's not been making himself popular (laughs) uh of course i'm kidding no but i am uh, getting wildly tired of it if i'm being truthful with oh, you. Fuck, I, I just i just don't give a flying fuck about it you but know, anyway enough enough of the royal family we've got the, the the real queen to talk about 
Now that's right. And that's a much, much better topic, isn't it, Kev? Well, it's one I enjoy talking about a lot more, that's for sure. Yeah, me too. And uh people back from the Christmas holidays, we got some more feedback on the on the poll this time around. You know, what's the Twitterverse saying? Well, the Twitterverse, we've got 13 hours left on the poll. Yeah. And right now we're at 75% champion, 25% bites the dust. And if yep. you remember in our last episode with Corey, we each tried to predict what the results of the poll would be. And do you remember what we each guessed? No. Nope. Okay, so Corey's figured 85-15. Yep. Mr. Randy said 70-30. Yeah. And I guess 75-25. So as long as no fucker goes in and votes and fucks anything <laughs> up, I've got it bang on. <laughs> and you just know that some asshole is going to go and screw that up now. If there's anybody listening to, yeah, I mean, you know what? I mean, quite honestly, I might, I might go and fuck it up because <laughs> just tilt the scales back one way or the other. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Because you know what? You're insufferable when you're correct. Well, I, I well, still, it's, it happens so rarely. You've got to give it to me, right? <laughs> okay. So, uh, our friend Dita, my chameleon day, says, "I always felt that it's not the song it could have been. There is a song in there trying to come out. Not a champion. Sorry, Rog, Kev, Randy, and Corey. You know." That's fine. Yeah. Like I said, music is subjective. Yeah, fair enough. Owen Ling, um, our Irish uh, listener, says, I prefer Prime Jive, but this is still a rocking track. Um, and Dita says, it is, but it's not enough to be a champion. Paul Bradbury, uh, General Paul B, says, quintessentially Taylor, upbeat and loads of fun. There's not much from the game that's not a champion for me. Queen were in what pop critic and host of the great podcast called Hit Parader, C. Molanfi, I don't know how I pronounce that, but uh, calls it in. I should hover here, Andy, where I can see what it says. Colin Molanfi, oh, yeah, yeah, there, um, there you go, calls an imperial phase. They were on the hottest of streaks. Yep. Good. Um, New Mercury PJ, I think it's a champion. Usually go with my top 50 Queen songs thing and couldn't decide, so I narrowed it down to Rog songs. And yes, it's a champion. It's simple and immediate in the best of ways. As an album track, it does the job it's supposed to do. And I'd replied, I'm thinking because um, the guys over at the Lap Pods in the Lap of the Pods uh, podcast, they did a review of all the John Deacon uh, written songs and sort of picked their top five of the Deakey songs. So I'm kind of curious to see when they do that with Roger songs where this one lands. I don't think it'll land. Maybe not in the top five, but I think it won't land too, too far outside of it. So I'll be curious to see where they go with that. Yeah, that'll be interesting to hear those uh, those results. I really like this comment too. Stuart Charlesworth says, it's integral to the sequencing and the texture of the game. So a winner for me always enjoys it when it come on comes on. And I said, I like that point because, of course, when we go through these songs, we're listening to them completely out of sequence on their own as individual tracks. But you do lose that little bit of sense of where it belongs on an album sometimes right so i thought that was a thought it was a good comment yeah yeah that is a good comment and that's uh something possibly lost to the world these days because albums aren't really a thing but you know an album track and its position in the album it would have been you know heavily considered and yeah so good point yeah and also i mean back in the day when we were growing up randy it was vinyl so you also had to figure out time on length you had a certain time on yep. one side of a vinyl you had to figure all that stuff out so you know yeah that's right yeah alice's dad barry john willie three says now this was more difficult than i initially thought it's not the best song on the album but it's also not the worst either but if i compare it to the whole queen catalog and not just the album it definitely is in the top 50 percent. so champion yeah good analysis uh brian crozier the game is a great queen album apart from may solo and mercury's vocal it's a filler Roger dialed the drums in from his holiday villa between supermodels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. 
And our friend Richard Hearn said, this reminds me of the bit in the pod where you talk about the lyrics, save me, I'm naked and I'm far from home. I think Corey said, was talking about that. And you said, yeah. you feel like that a lot, even when you're fully clothed at home. He says, <laughs> you found that very funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Lisa Malloy had said she was really hoping, fingers crossed for 85% and didn't look like it was going to get there. So she was shocked and thumbs down. <laughs> Black Pie, who I don't think I've seen in the comments yet so far. So we've got a new oh. person, which is great. So welcome to the, to the podcast. Uh, champion for me highlights Roger's overlooked ability to write angular, almost post-punk riffs, e.g. Fight from the Inside, Fun It, and others from solo albums. And Brian's solo is less histrionic than usual, but adds another element to the song. Fair enough. Okay, so Ben Ophet Strand, and if we're saying that wrong, I mean, I I don't know, dude, help us out. Um, he says, I always skip this song when I'm listening to the game. The song should be on Roger's solo album, Fun in Space. And I guess you probably don't know that album, Randy. I can sort of see what he means. It, right. It kind of fits, sonically. Yeah. Um, Curtis Sparkles, uh, Jim C says, the game is the last great Queen record, and this is a great little rocker before the big finish with Save Me. And again, our friend Rob Hatton. If any song is going to be 50-50 in the poll, I'm assuming, right, this is a good candidate. It's a champion for me, though, in part thanks to your episode. Thank you very much, Rob. Uh, and the deeper dive into the track's individual qualities. And that's something else that we talk about, right? Like, all right, I certainly do. I, like with a song, a song can just be a great song, top to bottom. Or there can be just parts of songs that you think, well, I don't really care much about the rest, of it, but that bit in the middle or, or this piece here is just fantastic. And that's enough sometimes to sort of, make you want to listen to it again right yeah yeah that's true that's true and i guess we've talked about this too the the there's i think it seems to me like there's going to be a lot of those songs that if you're taking the whole of queen and you're 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 throwing it on the scales and it's going to you know balance one way or the other i think there's gonna be an awful lot of those songs where we're just we're just tipping you know okay and another comment uh from pj wally Six Queens, he said, up to date with the podcast now. Coming soon is complete. Wonder where the wheel will stop next time. Great listening, guys. Again, thank you very much, Paul. Uh, don't forget to refer to Brian as Sir Brian now, too, after his knighthood in the King's New Year's Honours. And again, it's actually Dr. Sir because um, an earned, what they call an earned honorific, always comes before uh, um, an honorary one. Dr. Sir Brian. Dr. Sir Brian May. Yeah. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? It is. It you know, is. I, I, I'm just going to call him Brian. I think I'm just going to keep calling him Brian. Yeah. Even Brian seems a bit long. How about we just call him Bruh or Bum? Call him hey, Bry. Buh. BM. No, you can't call him BM because that's bowel movements, isn't it? I think that is. Uh, it is. And Facebook. We're starting to get a couple of people talking to us on Facebook now, Randy, too. So Brian Delaney says, I had to get past him trashing the miracle, Corey, uh, which I think is a great album. Overall, I enjoyed the episode. Thank you very much, Brian. Um, and PJ Davis says, so when is it coming out if it's coming soon? Because obviously the artwork just says Seaside Pod Review, Episode 9, coming soon. So, you know, there's always one joke in the pack. This week it's PJ Davis. So That's right. Well, thanks, PJ. All right. Well, that's the uh, Twitter taken care of. We should um, start thinking about what we're going to listen to. Have you got anything in mind that you would like to listen to tonight? Yeah, I heard uh, someone had said it earlier, and uh, I remember it from my youth. I'm channeling Prime Jive. I'm song specific tonight. Prime the other, Jive. the other Roger song from the game. So you want two, two game songs in in two weeks? Come on, man, right. I can do it. Well, I'm gonna go something. I want to hear "Liar" because okay. that's a song that I don't listen to maybe as much as I should do. So that's the one I'm gonna try and manifest. And you know what? With the wheel in the mood it's in, we're not gonna get that. We're gonna get something from probably gonna get something from Kind of Magic. Yeah, 
So let's spin it up and see what we get. Do it. Okay, what are we getting here? We're spinning around and we are landing on. Ooh. Oh, it's an, the 70s cut of the second album. What are we getting, Randy? The Fairy Feller's Master Stroke from Queen 2. So it's kind of funny, Randy. We were talking, I mean, just a few minutes ago about sequencing and about listening to songs out of sequence. And Side Black of Queen 2, which is what uh, The Fairy Feller's Master Stroke is from, really, you sort of listen to that whole side of that album as a suite rather than, I mean, Seven Seas Arise on there and March the Black Queen, I tend to have on all my playlists anyway, but it, it's better when you listen to the whole thing. Um, and especially Fairy Feller's Master Stroke, because it's almost like a bridging song in some ways, even though the, you know, all the songs on that side of the album weren't written as a suite, they have a sort of a consistency and they, so they're, they're mixed into one another in, in certain ways. So I'm kind of glad we got this one. This is going to be interesting. Our first song from Queen 2. Very nice. Queen 2, released 1974. Hey, Kevin, uh, I'm sure you probably knew this, but that uh, the Fairy Feller's Masterstroke is a painting by English artist Richard Dad, And I think this is great. It was begun in 1855 and worked on until 1864. How many years is that, Kev? Uh, Nine. How long does it take you to paint your house? I mean, fucking two days. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> the dad just needs to get a fucking move on. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, like what the fuck's going on there, Richard? Anyhow, uh, uh, pretty interesting, uh, and apparently, and I'm not sure where I'm where I'm supposed to be reading here because I lost my notes here. But the fantasy-based lyrics make direct reference to characters and vignettes detailed in the painting, and in Dad's companion poem, "Elimination of Picture and Its Subject." So. That's pretty neat. Yeah, literary. I mean, I I, I always kind of like you know songs that are based on literary or pieces of art or those kind of things because they give you a different a different view on someone else's vision, right? It's kind of a neat neat way to do it. Well, isn't that so cool and interesting that this painting inspired them to 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 write this? I just to me, I think that's great. I think that's I mean that's I mean that's what art is, and 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 that's the beauty of it, isn't it? So, yes, we've got a little bit of um, harpsichord in this uh, in this song, Randy. You know what a harpsichord is, right? Of course. I know you're more of a guitar guy, but you, you know your harpsichords from your uh, piano fortes, I assume. Well, I'm uh, I'm at least aware of their existence. No, of course, yeah. <laughs> and you'll pick it up. I mean, it's immediately because it comes in with that. So, um, yeah. Uh... So, Kevin, you said you mentioned earlier there's a black side and a white side to this album, and this mm-hmm. is the black side? Yeah. And all the songs are written by? All written by Freddie. Um, interesting. So, uh, and I guess the recording session started in August of 73 with, of course, Freddie on lead vocals, piano, harpsichord, Brian May on the uh, guitar and the backing vocals of, of course, Mr. John Deacon on the bass, Roger Taylor on the drums, uh, percussion backing vocals, uh, which of course makes sense. And then recorded at Trident Studios in London in August of 1973. Uh, so this was actually produced also by Queen and Roy Thomas Baker. And just, yeah, one last note maybe before we start listening to this, Randy, that I just read here too, that Richard Dad painted this at the Bethlehem Royal Hospital in Bromley, which was a, psychi- a psychiatric institution um, in the suburbs of London. 
commonly known as bedlam. So you've heard the expression bedlam, right? Like if it's bedlam, everything's gone to shit. That's of where it course. comes from. Of course. I yeah. certainly have. Yeah. Pretty interesting too that he, <laughs> that's where he uh, he painted it, hey? Yeah. He was incarcerated at Bethlehem Royal Hospital um, after murdering his father in 1843, believing his actions were guided by the Egyptian god Osiris, convinced that his father was the devil in disguise. Which kind yep. of expla explains the tone of the painting a little bit. All right. Well, so we got a lot of background. Let's uh, let's listen to this mofo. All right. See you nodding your head there and smiling. Right away, hey, it sounds like Queen. Uh, and uh, and I do believe you had said uh, before we were uh, recording that it's a Queen at their prog, progiest. And I'm getting that right away. So yeah, cool. Love it so far. What's, so what, what is that? That wee? What is that, Randy? That's a slide, that's a slide whistle. Ah, there we go. Yeah. See. yeah, that's a slide whistle. Yeah, and I don't, I'm a fan of all those types of little auxiliary percussion things yeah so that's super cool love it i think it's, got, it's also called a swanny whistle as well i think that's what it's called the swanny whistle more in england or maybe that's even archaic now i don't know oh well that could be that could be you literally blow into it and you pull a, a rod out and it goes <laughs> leave it up to the north americans to to simplify it <laughs> well i mean probably swanny was a, i would imagine was probably a, a trade name you know that's it's like, it's like the river so could be yep not much guitar yet, but we will, we will get some. I love how theatrical it is. <laughs> it's Isn't so it? fucking cool, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you can see, you know, you can see where Queen goes you know from a song like this you can see where queen ended up bohemian rhapsody that type of stuff yeah yep for sure dirty fellows a bit Light. I think fucking sex offender is what he means to say there. <laughs> it was a seventies. Back then, if you're a creepy, you're just a dirty fellow. <laughs> and, he's, and he's a satyr as well, you know. They're 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 known for their lecherous debauchery. So <laughs> I was gonna say I'm if sure if you noted there that one little section with Roger on his high hats, he was beating him with an inch of his fucking life. <laughs> I mean, you know, it works great, but yeah. Yeah, Freddie's packing a lot of syllables in, hey? There's a lot of yeah. words in this song. Yeah, it's lots of singing. And not, like, not simple words either. There's, like, a lot of syllables in a lot of those words. Politician yeah. with a senatorial pipe. You know, like, it's just, that's a lot to cram in. That's a mouthful. And I don't know if you, I don't know how well you can hear it on the, on your monitors, but definitely for next week when we do our um, wrap-up, listen to this under headphones. Because, like Roger said, with the panning stuff, it's really extreme in some cases. And it's sort of, you know, it, it's pretty cool. I can hear it pretty good. So, yeah, okay. it, it is. I can hear it. It's great. Yeah. 
what a query fellow and uh yeah query an inquisitive fellow is what i'm taking from it love those big high harmonies too from roger hayes all over that oh yeah that's so that's so great yeah i love it and you got the line the nymph in yellow and then underneath can we see the master stroke like it's just all again like i always think about that about like when you're writing the song usually you're writing line 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 there's, there's not usually <laughs> lyrics going on underneath unless it's sort of a, a repeated harmony or a refrain or something but with queen quite often it's just there's, there's this like subtext going it's almost like footnotes in a book or a poem right yeah for sure and i'll i'll tell you i'll just be honest with you i had to look up tatter d malian is that how i'm saying it right i don't Say know it. and he's i think he pronounces it in the song just to get it all in to make it sort of flow i don't know if it's actually pronounced that way tatter d tatter d malian is what it's saying. So anyhow, I had to look it up because I didn't know what it meant. So ragged or disreputable in appearance. Oh. So uh, Queen has forced me to increase my vocabulary. Thank you very much, Queen. God love him. It's a really kind of choppy staccato solo, hey? Totally, yes. Yeah, and I'm just brought up the chord chart to see what they've done there. Well, yeah, okay, so they're not really doing anything too weird. Maybe you should kind of maybe change the order a little. It looks like the song's in C. Well, and what's that called again, Randy? The People's Key? C. It's the People's <laughs> Key. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah, so it's just... A minor, uh, B minor, D A D A D A D C and B. So yeah, but yeah. but very cool, great bridge. I love it. Well, and Brian's playing sort of he's playing some good arpeggios around those those chords too, right? So it really just kind of again, it's that really sort of choppy attack on top of that snare snare kick, snare kick, snare kick, snare, which is frenetic and really fucking hard to play. <laughs> and of course, very Queen with with Brian playing his signature sort of style. And it's like his tones quite. I'm not gonna say exactly thin but definitely not as full as it would become on Nice at the Opera and some of those later albums, right? Well, yeah, and exactly like I was saying earlier is that you can really see from this where they where they took these nuggets and and, yeah. and added them into their, you know, sounds as, as time went on, right? Again, when you think about it, if you think about a stage performance, like a, a big opera, you've got the lead singing, you know, that the, the lead line there, and you've got a big full chorus line singing that sort of call and response bit. It's just the, the visual, that's what it seems to me. It's like a like a an old Victorian musical. It's just so big and theatrical and flamboyant. Totally, totally. I don't know if you caught uh, Brian's uh, super cool flanged guitar on the right-hand side. Just right when he enters, you can really hear the flanger. It's on the whole time, I'm sure, but very cool. Very 
I will say this. Uh, so, so anybody who doesn't know, I work in the I work in the field of audio quite a bit when I'm not, you know, doing a, the music thing. Uh, and and the rule is if is if nobody's yelling at you, you're doing a good job. So I was just thinking about John Deacon because I mean everything he's playing is just so perfect that it doesn't stick out, and so we're not going, oh man. John Deacon really laid a face melter on me there. It's just, he's just playing everything perfectly. And we don't talk about him as much because he's just playing exactly what is needed. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, hats off. So this is someone playing the, playing the bass part from it. And then it's got to throw it on you. Still needs a bit of playing, hey? Yeah, I know. I mean, it is. That's what I mean. Yeah. He's just, yeah. He, he's just, <laughs> you don't notice him because he's doing everything right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, again, just so under heralded. I wouldn't say underappreciated because musicians know John Deacon's a fucking great bass player, but you don't hear a lot of people in sort of the mainstream ever sort of bring him up, you know? And he doesn't come, he never comes up in lists, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, which is fucking Rolling Stone can go suck a dick, but, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. And it's a shame because, if you're gonna, if you want to find someone a rock bass player who plays with the song, well, John Deacon's one of you guys. Well, it's it's tales as old as time, Kev. I mean, who gets the most attention? It's the vocalist always, and then after that, it's generally the lead guitar or whatever the next lead instrument is, whatever kind of band you're playing in, and the bass player tends to get less love. Uh, and even you know, even over the drummer, because the drummer's going and he's waving his arms and he, you know, yeah. you know, active and you know, looking cool. And drummers are generally kind of idiots. So they attract more attention, you know, and bass players are generally a little more cool, cool headed and maybe, you know, they're not the lead singer. So they're okay to sit back and just play the right thing. Uh, but, but I mean, you have to have it. You have to have them. You have to have one. And, you know, Queen lucked out and had one of the best. Absolutely. Hey, Kevin. So I got to ask you, uh, you know, in a way, I think it's almost kind of why we're here. Is this a champion? Or does this one bite the dust? I'm going to have a really hard time downvoting anything on Queen 2. Now, listening to the songs in isolation, maybe my mind will get a change on that, but it's it's between this and News of the World for my favorite Queen album most of the time, I would say. So... Yeah, I absolutely love this song. Like I said, it's got that big, theatrical, over-the-top Queen thing that you love. It's got that, you know, just a phenomenal lyric. Like, it's crazy. Like you said, I mean, you could, I, you'd have to look up fucking every third word in this song. Because, I mean, there's stuff in there that, like an os. do you know what an ostler is? I actually do know that one because I'm weird, but. Uh, I No, I don't know that I do. I'd like to see it spelt before I say that, but I don't know. I don't yeah, think so. so. An ostler is someone who sort of wrangles horses at an inn, like it's an old, you know, and so so there's, ton, there's mm. a ton of friggin' words in there that are just, Jesus Christ, just pulled out of thin air, which is, I just, and again, I like the melody of it, I like the the pace of it, it it's in, again, and it's short, but it packs so much fucking stuff in, it's dense musically, I just, yeah, I just absolutely love this song. Yeah. What about you? How are you going to vote? Because you got in trouble once with a beloved Queen classic, so if you want to stir up some conflict, now would be the time to do it. Is this one for Mr. Woods? Is this one of the champions, or is it going to bite the dust? 
So I would say that this is genuinely the first time I've heard the song. I don't remember it at all from my youth. And I just thought it was very super interesting in, in so many ways. I love the lyrics. I, I like the I like the progression, of course. Brian doing awesome Brian things. Yeah, man. Great. Love it. The great it's, vocal too. Like Freddie's because he's he's switching between sort of, you know, head voice and, and chest voice, and he's it's kind of all up and down the octaves. And it's it's not a that's not a straightforward song to sing, which maybe is one of the reasons they didn't do it live that often. Maybe it was just kind of a bit of a ball ache to try and get it good enough to actually do it live. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. And I guess we should add somewhere we read that it was only played live really just a handful of times and of which one was captured in 74 live at the rainbow live at the rainbow in 1974. So, uh, before we meet next week, maybe we should give that a listen too. And we can even just, you know, kind of talk about that a bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, like I said, it, it it's one. It's one of those songs that when it comes on to it, makes me smile. It always sort of makes me smile because it's got some the, the swanee whistle in there or the, the slide whistle in there, and it's got the the like the really really dramatic the master stroke, and it's kind of breathy and it's spoken. It's just it's so funny and cool and weird and yeah, it's everything I well, love about Queen. Yeah, and there again, like just I I really love the fact that it was a, a painting that. Uh, mm-hmm. inspired this kind of you know kind of reminds me you know in a different way but like iron maiden rhyme of the ancient mariner kind of thing it's like well yeah. this this inspired them so much that we've got to write a song about this you know what i mean and and to me those often are, are some of the best because it's not coming from not necessarily coming from like a personal emotion or anything but it's coming from an emotion that was felt from another piece of art and i think that's probably some of the highest forms uh you know of art Honestly, right on. Well, you know what? We've we've cranked another one out. This is yeah. It's it's season two, episode one, but it's the eleventh episode we've done overall. And I was looking online, Randy, and I got a little notification from the uh, Chartable Digest that we, at our peak, and I'm not too sure what date it was, we hit number sixteen on the music commentary charts in the United Kingdom. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, I don't even know really know what that means, but uh, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea whether Chartable's reputable. I don't know whether they're actually to be believed. It could be some bullshit. I don't know. I'll but tell you, know you what. what. Let's not dig into it too much and let's take it. Yeah, you know what? Little victories, big defeats. Yeah. Take the victories, take the wins, take the W's when they come <laughs> and celebrate them, you know, because uh the losses will pile up whether you like it or not. And then even though I know you don't love the the old hockey, you must have been somewhat pleased that Canada won the World Juniors? Did that tickle you at all, or you just really just could not give two shits? I was unaware that they were playing. <laughs> you know, oh, honestly, gosh. I work so many hockey games that I don't, I, I get enough hockey, I don't follow it in any capacity. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm, I'm a hoser, I'm not a, a hockey guy. Well, you know, you know who else? Well, you know I, did, else? I did play lots of hockey. I think you have to, right? Growing up, isn't that sort of part of uh, you get kicked out, don't you? If you're uh, if you don't play hockey in Canada, yeah. Oh, you have to. Yes, yeah. You have to emigrate to Mexico. But anyhow, I actually was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna add something which I thought was uh, really only moderately interesting, is that anywhere outside of maybe now I would just say Canada. I'm just gonna keep this to Canada, uh, but you know maybe North America. But anyhow, so 
in other parts of the world, if they're playing hockey, they'll always say ice hockey. What are you playing? Oh, it's, it's ice hockey. So just to anybody that's listening here, in Canada, it's never called ice hockey. Never under any circumstances. It's always just called hockey. The only distinction is made is if you aren't playing on ice. So if you aren't playing on ice, if you're playing on the street, it's called street hockey, possibly ball hockey. But the distinction of ice is never made. And I just had <laughs> noticed that the other day. So uh, it's not ice hockey, ladies and gentlemen. It's fucking hockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems to me like a very good place to leave the podcast and fuck off <laughs> home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, good night. Thank you. Well, why don't, yeah, we'll sign off and give the last word to Freddie Mercury. Good night, Randy. Good night. Thanks for listening. Have you ever heard of social media? Well, I have not, but was told to say that you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. Don't forget to check out our pals, Corey and Mark, over at And the Podcast Will Rock. We owe the format and the inspiration for this podcast to them. We'll be back next week to spin up another song from this wonderfully diverse catalog. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.